This is COVID-19 Seattle. I'm Dave Ross. And I'm Aaron Granillo. A new University of Washington model now predicts a second coronavirus wave could hit the United States in mid-September. The forecast from the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation shows nearly 170,000 COVID-19 deaths in the U.S. by October. That's about 55,000 more people dying from the virus over the next three months. And in fact, the modeling predicts that the Washington death count will increase by about 300 people by October 1st. But other states like Arizona and California could see their numbers rise by the thousands. Almost all public health experts agree on this. There is one factor that could help keep the spread of infection down, And that's face masks. And that's why Governor Jay Inslee announced this new initiative. We're asking Washingtonians to send us uh, videos of yourselves uh, answering this question. Why do you wear a mask? And I know there's as many good reasons as there are relatives and sisters and brothers and co-employees. But we hope you'll submit your videos and we hope that your creativity will become apparent so that we can help uh, jumpstart this effort. Dave, I'm sure this public awareness campaign will finally get that one guy in the Costco, (laughs) you know, the Costco grocery store there to mask up, right? I think what'll get him to do that is if everybody just avoids him, if there's like a 10-foot bubble around the guy. I think the problem is that there was this confusion from the World Health Organization this week that asymptomatic spread wasn't the problem that we thought it was. And I've talked with Dr. Keith Jerome uh, just today about that. And he says, no, you should still wear the mask. It's still a good idea. And so uh, I think we have to finally accept that that's the that's the protocol now. You wear the mask. And, and I can see why the governor wants to do this. He wants to make wet mask wearing fun. He wants to make it cool. He wants to use uh, social marketing to get people to comply uh, voluntarily. My feeling is that I, I know some people are still uncomfortable with it, but I mean, why not? It's yeah. it's a small thing. And I'm pretty sure here's the other factor, Aaron. I don't think we're going to close down the economy again. Mm-hmm. I, there's, I don't think anybody has the stomach for that. People want schools to reopen. They're desperate to have schools reopen. So the choice is going to be either accept the masks and do what you can or accept that a lot of people are, are going to be sick and will not be able to go to school. Yeah. It is indisputable at this point now that the states who have taken it seriously and who did not reopen early do have something to pat themselves on the back about. I mean, I was looking at the numbers from the IHME today. For instance, in Arizona, this is one of the states that a lot of the public health experts are worried about now because they're seeing this huge spike. Arizona had their first death about a month after Washington did. And now they have about the same amount of deaths that we do, and they're projected to have substantially more than us, according to the uh, IHME. So, I mean, this model, again, predicting that states where people are are moving around and there's less social distancing going on, they will see this rise in cases ahead of that mid-September wave. But Dave, I know you talked to to one person today who doesn't seem to be all that worried. What I'm saying is that you are not going to see the apocalypse in a week or two. I'm very confident in saying that. Yes, that's Alex Berenson, former New York Times journalist, the author of many spy novels also. Uh, he recently wrote a booklet called Unreported Truths About COVID-19 and Lockdowns. And he self-published it on Amazon. But within a day, Amazon removed the book from their platform. And Alex has a Twitter following, so he's, he's somewhat of a contrarian. So he sounded the alarm, and two hours after Elon Musk picked up on this and tweeted directly to Jeff Bezos about censorship, Alex's book 
was back up on the site. So I decided to call him up and ask him about all this. You know, who didn't speak out was people at the New York Times or the Washington Post or the Seattle Times. Mainstream journalists did not, which is a huge mistake because, you know, I, I, that's my background. And and for them, not well, I think they're worried that you're a, you're a fringe covid denier. So are you a fringe yeah. covid denier? Except I'm not a fringe COVID denier, as the as the book makes clear. It says that more people die of COVID than the flu, and it's actually not that close. But it also says is the people who are dying are very old, and for the most part, the you know the median age of death is in the low 80s in mo- almost everywhere, and they're and oftentimes they're very sick. And if we're going to talk about lockdowns, we need to talk about the realities of who's getting sick and who's dying. All right. So, what do you make of uh, Berenson's comments there? Well, I acknowledge the reason I decided to call him up is because I thought he was a fringe COVID denier. What I think the the reality is he works for himself. So he doesn't have a publisher telling him what might cause a lot of negative comments on some publications website, which is sometimes a factor in what people decide to write. And the data tells him that the main problem is not among young people. Yes, they can get the virus, but the death rate among young people, it's not zero but it's also not nowhere near what it is among older people and especially people in nursing homes. And he's saying that when you have the the median uh, age of people who succumb to this, um, I forget what exactly what it is, but it's older people, obviously. You don't force younger people to comply with the measures that older people are going to have to follow. That's what he's saying. He's saying you don't shut down the general economy because of a problem that is largely racing through nursing homes and not necessarily the general population. Again, the virus itself is very contagious, but we found, and my experience with the the members of my own family back in New York who came down with it, was it's not a death sentence. They got through it. It was a nasty sinus infection, uh, but the doctor said, don't come in. You'll recover from this. And they did. And now they have the antibodies, and now they're immune. So that's the point he's trying to make, that this is no longer a reason to shut down the economy. It's not a reason to go uh, unmasked, although he did say if you are young and healthy and outdoors, he doesn't think the the masks make much of a difference. Uh, Again, my policy is wear them. What's it going to hurt? But uh, I don't think he's uh, he's not an anti-vaxxer. He's not a fringe person. And I also if you listen to the full interview, which we have posted, uh, I said, okay, if it turns out in two weeks that we find out, uh, I don't know, you know, 20% of the people who are in these marches are suddenly infected and hospitalized, you will crow, right? You will apologize publicly. And uh, he swore, and I've got this on tape, Aaron, that, yes, he would feel humiliated. The pandemic and the subsequent lockdown continues to take its toll in the U.S. economy. Another one and a half million Americans filed jobless claims for the first time last week. The sliver of good news here is that makes 10 straight weeks the number has gone down. But that's also a bit deceptive, according to CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger. The Labor Department notes that over the last three months, the official rate is probably understated. If you look at that 13.3 percent that we talked about last Friday, it's probably 16.3 percent. Going back to April, the 14 plus percent month in unemployment it was probably closer to 20%. And investors are spooked this morning. The Dow dropped 800 points on the open. As we record this right now, it's down uh, nearly 1,400 points. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell says they generally expect economic recovery 
to begin in the fall. And lasting over the next couple of years, supported by interest rates that remain at their current level near zero. So what he's saying there, I think, is we should be back on track essentially by the middle of 2022. Yes. Uh, you, you talked to Matthew Gardner a few times. He's described to you as like a giant V. I've heard a W. I've heard a yes. U. <laughs> What's the letter we're using now? Uh, as long as it's not a chair. He also <laughs> mentioned that. That's where you go straight and then you go down the floor. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know why I'm laughing about this. Uh, 2022 now seems to be the best guess. And looking at my watch, it's still 2020. That's two years. That's yeah. two years. So um, I guess we're learning that shutting down the economy, even for a few months, even intentionally, all right, not because of a banking crisis, is a big deal. People don't recover right away from that. So uh, this gets back to the whole idea of, uh, frankly, of masking up because we can't shut it down again. Mm-hmm. This, it's not an option. It is, it's ruining a lot of people's lives. And so uh, it's, it's either do what you need to do or get sick. Okay, so if it's not an option, in your opinion, what do you do as the governor of a state? I think it's like a dozen states today who are seeing these huge spikes and they say to themselves, "Okay, uh, we're seeing, you know, millions of people still filing for for Mm -hmm. unemployment, but our cases are still rising. You say we can't shut down the economy. What do you do? Just stay the course? You create a culture of safety. You you create a culture of, uh, of sterility. You uh, you point out that until there's a vaccine, remember there is an end to this, right? The vaccine they're being they're rushing it into into circulation. Another problem, by the way, because a lot of people won't trust it until it's been out there for a while. Uh, but it, it's it's not forever that we can't uh, uh, meet with our friends. But until there's a vaccine out there so that we can control this, as we already do the influenza virus. Uh, you need to wear a mask. You need to wash your hands and, and not touch your face or whatever form that takes. Uh, try to keep your social gatherings outdoors. Uh, last thing you want to do is be confined in a room with a lot of potentially infectious people. This is unfortunately is bad news for one of my favorite pursuits, and that is going out to see shows. I'm not mm. sure exactly how we'll do that. Uh, I, I will definitely uh, wear a mask and uh, and wash my hands. Uh, I am optimistic because I've, I've talked with the Dr. Jerome about this, too. He thinks that mass transit is still viable, again, as long as there are uh, sanitation stations and you wear the masks in the in the uh, transit cars. Um, but the, the, this is what they do in other countries all the time. I mean, Asia, Japan, look how crowded those subways are, right? They still shove them physically in the doors. But because they are used to wearing masks every day, they have a viable urban culture. And I'm sure that being American, and as I've said many times, you can't be American without the words, I can, we can do this. We will be back tomorrow and every day after with a 10-minute rundown of the daily local news. You can subscribe to this podcast. You can also find our news coverage on MindNorthwest.com or listen live at 97.3 FM.